now, here is your host, Gil Hodges. Wow. Hey, that I love that video, but I just realized I may not have had the sound on. Somebody was asking, is there supposed to be sound? <laughs> so, oh, I was hearing it. Well, you were hearing it through my system, though, so I'm not sure if they were hearing it live. Uh, so oh, maybe someone shoot. can let me know. Uh, I did turn it on for the last 15 seconds, so hey. That was meditation time. Just want everybody to know you were supposed to be stepping into the heavens and just engaging during that time. So sorry. So sorry. I'll have to edit that later. Um, oh, well. Thank no you worries. to all of those who stayed with us through all that. Thank you. <laughs> wow. Thank you. All well, right. I want to give a special welcome to our guest tonight, Ruthie Andrews, because I have secretly loved her <laughs> for over a year. <laughs> I saw her first on uh, Dan Duvall's podcast, and she's just brilliant, and you're going to absolutely love what she shares with us tonight. Yeah. So, Ruthie, well, tell us your story. Well, yeah? hold on. Now you're getting, oh, you're oh, the oh, one sorry, getting ahead sorry. this time. I we've, know. we okay. got a couple announcements we got to make real quick. Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, my God. I'm just so excited. <laughs> we have, if you're in the area, or if you're not in the area, we are going to, at a minimum, film this. But we have the Lie Busters coming to the to the U.S. And I, my understanding is this is the first time that they have come to the U.S. to do a conference in this uh, period and they're starting in Washington they're doing one there and then the other conference is going to be right here at Kingdom Equipping Center in Sacramento we do plan to record it and if we can we will be live streaming it so just watch for that information um, where you would go to get information would be right here and this is uh, our Kingdom Equipping Center website and you just want to scroll down just a little bit to the events section and click on the click here button which will take you into where you would need to get more information and get your tickets so that's that one uh, again we will be getting that ready for um, uh, live stream and or filming and if we film it we'll get it out by Monday or Tuesday of the weekend after the conference so uh, that's it for that Berlin <laughs> Sorry about that. Yes, we do have Spirit Centered Business, a workshop coming up on Tuesday. We've already done the webinars that are in the intro to the workshop. So if you would like to get a copy of the webinar recording and then join us for the workshop, please email us at team, T-E-A-M, team, at spiritcenteredbusiness.com and we'll hook you up. All right, now for the, now we can have the good okay, stuff, the, the better stuff, the ever, it's all been good. Now we're going to the better stuff. Go ahead and introduce her again. <laughs> oh my gosh. Three introductions, that's the key. I know, yeah, right? Well, Ruthie, <laughs> what you, you'll do this best. So we would just love to hear your story of how you came out of just regular church and stepped into this amazing world of the supernatural that you are operating in. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I'm a counselor, a therapist by trade, and I'm really good at the traditional motivational interviewing, cognitive behavioral, straight talk therapy. That was my paradigm for a long time. And before that, growing up, I came from a very conservative Baptist background and home, very loving parents, just a fantastic environment. I grew up in Wyoming on a ranch setting at the base of a mountain, picturesque million dollar view. It was idyllic as great childhood. Um, and moving then into my teen years, there was a pastor at the Baptist church where we were attending who was having an affair with the church secretary and 
poached a bear out of season. Um, and in Wyoming, out in the wild, wild bet west, that's an absolute no-no. Huge thousand, mm. thousand, thousands worth of dollars of fines that you just, mm. that's not acceptable. And it was covered up. And um, he tried to get away with it. And so my parents um, found out what was going on, that he was also blackmailing people in the church. And so they went to the deacon board and said, hey, we know what's going on. Here's this evidence. This is actually what this pastor is doing. And instead of taking action and, and investigating you know, taking proper action, whatever would need to happen with that situation. They kicked my parents out of church. Huge church split, all kinds of consternation. That set up several decades of me wow. um, really questioning and feeling like a fish out of water and trying to find a church home and really starting to question um, kind of the context of church and um, seeing that, feeling a woundedness myself um, but seeing that there was plenty of other wounded people around that just weren't getting help, that just weren't being fed, just not needs not being met, and really questioning um, theology that was that was being presented or taught, um, the shaming, the browbeating um, that oftentimes goes on in, in you know conservative you know church worlds, um, seeing that it just wasn't working. Um, so fast forward. You know, I go to college, graduate school, get my counseling degree, forge off into the, you know, big world, I'm going to go help people, and got very good at what I what I do, um, earned several different LPCs in different states, um, worked my way up the ranks, became clinical director of, you know, different substance abuse treatment centers, um, managed different outpatient and even inpatient treatment settings, had clinical staff under me, but felt that something was missing. I was not... I would see clients who would have deep spiritual issues and just felt like I didn't have all the tools to meet them where they were at. I knew I didn't have all the oars in the water. Something just wasn't quite right. And um, fast forward then to um, 2008, nine, I was sitting in another Baptist church with my stepdaughter at the time and was and heard a sermon on the fact that your hearts are evil above all things. And yes, that verse is there, but it was wildly being taken out of context in this particular setting and sermon. And I looked at my stepdaughter sitting next to me and thought, I know her, her heart is good. I'm with her every single day. And God declared that when he made creation, including our hearts, that it was good. This isn't, something's not right. And I, 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 that, that, was the, that was the straw that broke the camel's back that day. I said, I'm out of here. I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm, and I, that was the last day I haven't been back to church since. Mm. <laughs> so I bailed, I bailed. And, um, and then that, that set up then some years of me just kind of doing my own thing, just being a professional and just, you know, forging ahead in my journey as a counselor, um, bumping into 2015. Um, I was rooting around on YouTube one day and um, clicked on an Aaron Green Hicks video She's one of the only people who's ever been able to defect from the Rothschilds family, oh, and um, and her her if you if you look her video has been viewed multiple millions of times. But somebody got to her and had her sit down and share her story. And here as a counselor, I thought I've heard everything um, because I've you know at this point I've had thousands and thousands of clinical hours. I've had all kinds of kinds of clients, but she was talking about things that day that I'd never heard of, reptilians. Dr. Mangala still being alive. And of course, as a counselor, you know about the Auschwitz, you know, testing on the twins. I mean, that's classically told, but this was a completely different spin. Um, everything that was she was saying 
did not fit in any kind of a context that I had as a therapist. Um, but at the same time, I could tell that there was no uh, there was no lie scale with her, if you will. She was telling the truth. There was nothing about her that indicated that there was falsehood about her. She was speaking the truth. Hmm. And I walked away from that video saying, I have missed the boat. Something else is going on here that I'm not aware of. And that set up months of me then through 2015 doing deep research into, you know, a thousand different rabbit trails. I think that a lot of us, you know, dive down the throat of YouTube and um, <laughs> yeah. a lot of reading. It was a lot of research and recognized, you know what, they're, this whole SRA, the ID thing, this is what I want to grab into. And what I have, what I meant to do is working with survivors. And I have a whole clinical skill set that I can bring to the table. And I have found my thing. I was getting bored, to be quite frank with you, as a counselor prior to that. Um, I can do substance abuse treatment, you know, um, all day long and not have to not have to think too hard about it. It's, it's fairly easy to set up a treatment plan for somebody um, and, and to work on sobriety for somebody. Um, but this was what I this was I felt like this was my heart's passion. And I <laughs> at that point, I'd never worked with a survivor. So I, in doing research, found Bride Ministries, BrideMovement.com, Dan yeah. Duvall, and I approached him in 2015 and sent him my resume and said, I need to work with you. So we had several phone conversations, hit it off smashingly, and he said to me, Ruthie, you're about to get slammed. I said, what are you talking about? He said, you're stepping into your mandate and your assignment, and Satan's about to come after you. And he said, are you prepared? He said, he said, and I'll never forget, there's not a whole lot I can do for you right now. <laughs> and and the nice. last, yeah, nice, thanks Dan. <laughs> the last person who tried to come on board with us um, had her car totaled within three to four days. And he said, I just am preparing you. He said, I got a call from her then a day or two later. She said, I just can't do this. I can't work with your, and she it was just a person who was going to pray for the coaches who are on, on staff with Bride. and and. Um, Dan said, I'm just warning you. And so I got off the phone call and then for days after I'm driving around like this, <laughs> you know, um, wow. within a month and a half, there was a massive rainstorm that came through um, where I was living at the time, just outside of St. Louis in Eureka, Missouri. They had just redone the levee, the levee system throughout St. Louis and it forced the water. It rained for four days solid. There was not five minutes that it wasn't raining and it forced the water into the town where I was living. And my husband's business was flooded out. Oh, wow. And um, yeah, and when the waters came up, he owns a machine shop. He's a ballistics engineer and, um, and um, develops weapon systems for dev group, SEAL Team 6. Um, and he has a, a long distance shooting range. And so that's, that's what, he's a ballistics engineer. And so um, he has a machine shop worth with tools, dies. If you're familiar with lathe and a mill, mm -hmm. um, the water came up and that lathe runs on 40 gallons of reaming oil. And before the water had come into his machine shop, it had run through a water treatment plant. So you can imagine the hot mess that was in there. That water floated the reaming oil. There was 40 gallons of reaming oil then throughout his entire shop. And when the water receded, the water went away, but the oil did not. There was wow. oil coating every small piece and he's got thousands of pieces of metal equipment bullets, dyes, castings, um, chucks, um, thousands of pieces of, you know, like nuts and bolts and things that are this big. And there was oil coating everything. And so here I had plans to go on 
and work with Dan and start taking on clients. And now there's $120,000 worth of damage to my husband's business. And um, I have to help him. So everything with Bride Ministries got put on hold. This happened um, New Year's Eve of 2016. And so then moving into January 1st, life changed. I'm in the shop helping my husband and trying to continue to work and run my side, you know, little private practice counseling business. And um, everything had to be dunked in buckets of bleach water because remember the water had run through the water treatment plant and then we had to dunk everything in buckets of Dawn soap. That was the only thing that would take the reaming oil off all of those thousands of parts of everything that you can possibly imagine. He had a, you know, decades of work in that shop. So I then for months thereafter was out in the parking lot in front of his building with buckets of metal around me and, and bleach water and Dawn soap, soapy water, and was dunking parts and cleaning. And I had a conversation with Satan in that on that blacktop parking lot and said, dude, you got me. Awesome, checkmate, good for you. But you know what? I'm coming after you. And when I do, you're gonna remember it. And so finally then in April of 2016, um, we had had the shop primarily put back together, new drywall, all the parts were cleaned. And I called Dan and said, I'm ready. And he said, you survived. And I said, yes, I did, let's get going. And that was it. I've been with, with Dan ever since and off on the wild side and working in the supernatural and helping clients and that's the story. <laughs> so did you learn uh, a lot of what you know now working with Dan or did you kind of already know that and brought it to the table? Which way did that? You know what? There was a, there, I definitely had some sessions where Dan came in and kind of showed me the ropes and showed me how to kind of do what I call going down into somebody's system to work with their parts. Mm -hmm. and. That was it though, once, if you show me something once, I'm, I remember. And so it didn't take long for me to just take my clinical skills and marry it with what he had shown me and just put the pieces together and kind of yeah. like merge it and move forward with it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm just curious, how, how packed is your schedule? Are you packed out or? I, in fact, I have been working 70 hours a week up until just this past month, and I've had several friends call me, um, <laughs> and one said, I got a word for you, and you need to stop working as much and dial it back. The Lord's telling me to tell you that you're, you, you're taking on too many people, and so I've just, I've dialed it back to 55 hours a week. That's my big, <laughs> that's my cap. That's my limit. So yes, I do, I work a lot. I'm, I'm packed out, I work a lot. Yeah. I was just thinking, I know a few people I'd like to send your way, but. <laughs> no, well, it, it that's is. Another, that's another reason why, if we could package your brilliance and get it so that you could you know, serve more people with your hours, that would be amazing because so many people need what you do. And, and yeah. there, I'm sure that there are similar foundational or basics that people could learn prior to the actual you know the time that they spend with you but that's a different conversation um, I just want to <laughs> right exactly yeah so holy shimoli I didn't know all of that part of your story that's amazing yeah. oh my gosh yeah looking back on it that Dan was right you're about to get schnockered and <laughs> did that ever happen yes yes um we wow. though, we knew once that levy system changed 
um, there's actually a class action, action lawsuit that now Eureka, Missouri has against, um, there's another township that had changed the levy system and, and um, the Army Corps of Engineers was the one that had did that against, um, you know, greater understanding. And so there's a huge class action lawsuit against them. And we knew that it was gonna be happening again. So we packed up and got out of there. I now live in Southern Missouri down in the Ozarks. Um, and we got out of that little town. Sure enough, it's flooded out several other times. I yeah. didn't know. I, I grew up in Missouri, but Canton, Missouri, right on the Mississippi, up in. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Ozarks Very was our uh, vacation spot back then. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay, mm. so I think the time has finally come that we've been talking about that we wanted to talk about the elementals and stoichion, and I know that many of our listeners, the, the even those words are like what. So we're gonna have to come all the way back down to basics. Yeah. And I know you're good at that, so. Yeah, absolutely. So <laughs> let me just kind of develop the conversation for you. I had a client, it's been a little over a year ago now. Um, and I know he's listening tonight, bless him. I might have to tell on him a little bit more. Um, he He's asked to not be identified. So I, I'm gonna try very hard to not use his name. He's very dear to me though. Um, and he had come to me for just a few sessions to have a few things done. Um, and if you wanna talk about the supernatural, this is, I hope he doesn't kill me later. I'm gonna to have to ask um, and beg for forgiveness later, but I'm gonna tell you a little bit about his story. He had- well, We don't know who he is, so it's okay. Okay. Um, he had, um, I might have had been diagnosed with cancer while he was in college. And um, part of the treatment process obviously was getting chemotherapy and it damaged his spleen. And um, fast forward later on, he, he was able to survive the cancer. There was some other things that happened. There was some people that had, would come into his, um, into his hospital room and would wave their hands over his body. And he realized much later, it was, they were active witches. They were actually doing some things to spread the cancer, perpetuate the illness, perpetuate oh. the disease. They were friends of the family who weren't really friends. And um, they, they knew this, this gentleman is a deep researcher and sees in the spirit. And I think that they were, they were literally trying to take him out. They know what your mandate and assignment is. They know what you're up to and about, and they were trying to take him out. And wow. so um, sure enough, there had been enough damage to his spleen. His spleen later on had to be removed. And so as I'm, as I'm sitting in session with this person, having conversations, asking, what's happening for you? How are you? What's like, just what's going on? He just wasn't able to verbalize. Like there's some things that are not connecting. And so I'm trying to push in further, trying to understand what's going on, trying to like, cobble the story together. And he's just having a hard time articulating mostly feelings. Well, I, I pulled up, I'm understanding from Holy Spirit, there's more going on with the spleen thing. I pulled up the spleen and sure enough, the spleen is the communication center that connects with your nervous system. And so um, that's how the spleen talks to your entire nervous system throughout your body, that the nervous system then connects back through your spleen to talk back to the brain. So when you think about nervous system, taste, touch, sight, sound, and smell, that's how the body pulls in information from the environment. It's just not like when you ask him, how are you, what's happening? There's a whole segment of communication for him that's just not connecting because the spleen can't talk. The spleen's not there to communicate the messaging back up to the brain. And um, I'm kind of putting this entire picture together through the entire, this session that we're having and recognize 
um, that's this has been a problem for him for now going on several decades. We need to get him a sleep. Wow. And so we now have five minutes left in the session. And I, I just I just said we gotta pray. And I said, okay, Father God, I'm we're I we just need a, a spleen. I'm gonna we're gonna make up a prayer because there's no spleen, spleen prayer that I know. So I just said, Father God, uh, Dan Duval says that there's rooms up in heaven with uh, appendages, arms and legs, and I'm just going to believe that there's a spleen room. I need angels to come in and come get a spleen for this gentleman, and I need uh, I need a, a medical team to come down of angels, and we need a spleen transplant. That's what I'm asking for right now, Heavenly Father. So in the name of Jesus, I pray for a new spleen. Amen. Okay, session's end. I gotta go. There, I have another client waiting. And so for a whole week, then I didn't know what had happened to him. And so um, the next week he comes into session. I said, what happened? What happened? And he said, you would not believe what happened to me. He said, for the next um, 12 to 14 hours, he said it sounded in the spirit realm like there was dump trucks, heavy equipment, like, you know, earth movers, how they go beep, beep, beep. <laughs> he said it was so loud. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't. I couldn't, I couldn't eat, I couldn't, I just had to sit there. And he said, I was very uncomfortable. He said, I felt like there was an operation happening. I was not in pain, it was not pain. But he said, I felt at one point a giant, like a lump come into my side and insert. He said, I felt it come in. My organs shifted to accommodate for this, for this spleen. He said, I have, it, it's, I now, everything reconnected. I feel like I'm back. I got like there's a this whole body part that's been reinserted and I feel wow. like I'm wow. back to my person. This is how I should have been. He got a spleen. Wow. <laughs> so wow. So then, okay, so back to the stoichion thing. So pressing forward, he said, Ruthie, I just really need to give you information. There's some information that the father wants you to have and I just need to deliver it to you. He said, we are in our paradigm, in our world, we have come to believe that there's just angels and demons, but I'm telling you, he goes out at night and goes on these long walks, and that's part of his research, is to kind of see what's going on in the world, see what's going on in nature, look at what's going on in the sky, take pictures, document. He sees all kinds of things. And he said, um, there was a giant manifestation of trees coming together and forming what looked like a, a demonic being. And he said, I asked the father later, what is this? And it turned out it was not a demon. It was the spirits of the trees that were joining together and had had formed what looked like a demon. They were trying to scare me. Um, and the father said, don't be afraid. They're, they're elementals, they're earth spirits. And he said, this is what I want to teach you about. And he so he gave me basically um, several sessions worth of a download on what elementals are. They're earth spirits. They live in the trees. They live in different dimensions. They live here, but they live also in other realms and dimensions. They kind of have their feet in several different worlds. Um, there's a chain of command to them. Um, they live in the rocks. They live in the earth. They live in the air. They live in the clouds. They are the wind. Um, they have consciousness. They have will. Um, you can talk with them. They're all around, and they're mentioned throughout all of Scripture, Galatians 4.3, Galatians 4.9, um, they're mentioned all through Psalms. The rocks cry out, they praise. The winds will praise our Father. It's it's everywhere. Once you start to read, you can't not see it. Once you start to see it, you can't not see it. They're everywhere. Yes. Wow. That yes. is so good. That When I first heard about this, I always thought, well, 
that makes so much sense that I'm a tree hugger. <laughs> I just, I love them. I love touching wood, you know, things and just natural, you know, I'm kind of an earthy kind of lover and it just makes sense that it's a, they are, they are beings, you know? Yes. Yeah. And I think a lot of people have that connection. And, and unfortunately, again, as Christians, we're taught that that's all kind of taboo. And so we, we kind of just uh, push it down and we ignore it. But I, I was so pleased to hear this teaching as uh, Chris Carter started putting it out there. But um, that, you know, in the age to come, we are to be connecting with nature because we are the sons that are supposed to help restore and so we, we have a lot of work to do. And, and the thing is, I know a lot of people are excited thinking, you know, we're halfway through or we're almost there. And I'm thinking, I don't know. I feel like we're like the first step into a thousand step journey, if that. <laughs> but we're at least on the journey now. Yeah, I would agree. We're at least on the journey now. And we have a lot to learn. We have abdicated our responsibility to this. It's a good word. Yeah. We, we have this idea as Christians that we're going to escape and go to heaven, right? That's a common, when people die, they go to heaven. That's a common, the fact of the matter is though, if you read a little bit further in Revelation, you're gonna be back here. This is going to be yep. your, this is gonna be your place. You're gonna be operating and living here. This, this earth was made for you, own it, um, treat it well, um, bless it, honor it. Um, this idea of escapism has woven its way into common Christendom and theology, and and this world is so bad, we need to escape it. We're just you know waiting to live here long enough to get through to where we can just go to heaven, and then everything will be okay. Um, and that it, it absolutely creates a, 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 a belief system for people where they just don't have any onus to the place around them. Yeah. Um, and to and to working with what's here and the elementals are here. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to take a pause for just a second because I know that YouTube's having some, not YouTube, excuse me, Facebook is having some issues. It's locking up. Um, and I've told people to go over to YouTube and apparently over YouTube it's working just fine. So uh, YouTube channel, the Kingdom Equipping Center is working fine. Facebook's been slow today a little bit uh, as I've tried to work with it. So I think it's having some issues. So anyway, if you're watching on Facebook, you might want to switch over to YouTube. All right. right so are we broadcasting live on Periscope as well? Yes, we are. Okay. So Periscope right, so and just... YouTube. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So Excellent. I'm looking at some of the, the comments. Um, let's see. Heavenly body or luminary, also elemental. Um, yes. And then Galatians uses the word rudiment. Um, yeah. Those are just some, some comments I'm seeing. you have anything to say on that? Yeah, absolutely. So in Enoch, and I, I know that some people have heard my podcast with Dan um, on this, but in Enoch, um, in Enoch 23, the seven archangels that are around the throne of the Father are listed and their duties are listed. And Raguel, um, the archangel, who's in charge of the luminaries um, is listed. And he's the, he's the gentleman for lack of better terminology. He's the angel that is in charge of the luminaries. He's in charge of the elementals. And so um, I've been blessed enough along with the emissary team that I work with to get to know Raguel. And, um, and there's, there's the cosmic beings really respond um, when you, when, 
when you speak to them as luminaries, as being in their position, but then you also remind them that they are under the command of Raguel and Raguel's under Jesus. Jesus is under the Father to remind them of that chain of command in a very lo loving way. Um, but yet there's a lot as well as e in Enoch. Um, Enoch is broken down into three different books. There's a lot in Enoch about the elementals, a lot. Hmm. It's just for that. Yes. Wow. Well, wow, awesome. There's really that's really good. Could you tell us about the word stoichion, just so that we have that <clears throat> piece yeah. in the So so the word elemental in Greek is simply stoichion. And okay. it really refers back to the elements of the earth, the periodic okay. table of elements. What what forms creation? And they all have their own resonant frequency, their own vibrational frequency. They all they all beat to their own to their own resonance. Um, in fact, I saw a video at one point of a woman who had an app on a cell phone of all things and had gone up to a sunflower in her garden and was able to pick up the tone of the frequency and played it through her cell phone. It sounded like a harp, and apparent I don't know what app it was. I'm dying wow. to understand like what she had on her phone to make this happen. But she had a little pair of just earbuds and was playing the sound of the, the sunflower. And you can imagine if that was just one flower, um, when you put all of creation together, multiple oh, yeah. flowers, daisies, trees, bushes, it must just sound like an orchestra. Constantly well, that's that's something I've, I you know, Father just gave me a download at one point of, um, you know, Adam in the garden, being totally aware of and in tune with all the frequencies of everything around him and how beautiful that must have been that he walked in that he was in it he was part of it and to to just be in harmony with all of it and then you know fast forward to our day and uh you know and i'm not knocking you know today's music but at the same time when you compare today's music with what you could imagine or just the sense that i get that adam walked in it's just like there's no comparison none at all and i just I just think it's so important for us to, number one, we, we, we are becoming aware of the frequencies and the things going on around us, but then to spiritually begin to get in tune with it and also understand that we are somewhat masters over it and that we, you know, we have power and authority to change the atmosphere and the frequencies when we enter a place. It's very true. To that end, I want, if it's okay, I'd like to share a little bit about um, the last emissary trip that our team took, and it was just a few weeks ago, we were all kind of being bothered by just something spiritually. Sometimes when we go on these trips, we knock out some big powers or, you know, do some, there's some warfare that goes on. And after that, we had all noticed for about a week thereafter, we were all kind of struggling with just a few things and said, okay, why don't we set up a court of heaven case? We mm -hmm. have an entity that's, that's harassing and we'll just have a court of heaven case and take the entity out and have a judgment and mandate against the thing and just be able to move on. And so um, our last um, emissary trip was basically uh, going up to the courts. And so um, we, we came together and in the spirit went up to a court and I don't know which one it was, but we were outside of the court. We weren't inside of the court. And one of the team members said, this is the first time that I we've been outside of the building and not inside. This is strange. And we stood there and started to get downloads. Um, the pillars of the actual court were alive. Hmm. And um, huh. Heavenly Father said, you are to proclaim what the pillars give you. 
And so I'm, I'm actually going to read to you what occurred, um, mm -hmm. if that's okay. It was kind of honestly, purely miraculous, honestly. Go we for it. We were, that the, the air was actually alive with joy. The, mm -hmm. the, air, the air had its own, it was alive. And we were breathing in the life of the air. And we were also oh, yeah. given judgments and mandates from these pillars. But the judgments had to do with joy. Um, and so later on, then I received a download that I'm actually going to read to you about joy and taking joy to the stoichion. Uh -huh. um, the stoichion are always asked to do something, right? If if the occult is approaching the stoichion, they're using their powers, right? So that um, a witch, a witchcraft can be cast, or a spell, or a, a hex or a vex can be cast over something. They're using the power and co-opting it, right? So that, that whenever sometimes you approach the stoichion, sometimes one of the things that I that I'll hear them say is, "What do you want?" Um, because they're used to at, having humans come to them and ask for something. And so um, I think it's important that when you approach them, that you, you're coming to give them something, you're not coming to just take from them. And you're, you're, what, what you're coming to them with is the joy of the Father. Um, so that's really what the download was about. Okay, you know what? I'm looking at the time and I'm realizing, oh my goodness, 40 minutes have passed. Now we started a little bit late, so I'm gonna, we're gonna go a little bit later live, okay. everybody, because we've had a, few issues and it's just I'm so intrigued by this it's just like the time is just whew, it's gone so we we will definitely have a part two so uh, yeah. okay keep going okay um, the father said the stoichion are fragile they've been stronger in the past um, the stoichion have been battered abused and taken advantage of they've never been allowed to rest they're always asked to do something their energies are used even from the other side the occult um, and we need to take joy to them. So here was the actual download. He said, you breathed in joy when we were standing outside of the court by the pillars. You breathed in joy. So joy is in you and a part of you. And so you exhale joy over them, the stoichion, in whatever you speak to them. So they may know the messages from me. Everything leads with joy. The judgment today is that you are the judgments that are joyful. Your very beings and fibers hold my judgments as living pillars, just like the pillars at my court, living judgments of joy. This way as well, the enemies will know who you are and will be in fear. They will see you and know you. You are the judgments, living judgments over them and to them. That is incredible. I So good. I'm, I'm sending something. I'm, I'm tagging Chris Carter in this because he needs to connect with he you. He needs to be here. We need to connect you guys. That's it. We need a Ruthie and Chris uh, We are. We're going to start doing some right? combos and bringing two or three different people together that haven't met yet because I can just see awesome things taking place. We may have to have two-hour sessions when we do that because uh, who's going to want to stop? <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, exactly. So, Ruthie, one of the things I absolutely love is the the word emissary team and your emissary trips because we, you know, we sometimes call them ascensions or I call them spirit encounters or spirit We call them ecclesia like groups. Yeah. Um, yeah Government the groups. Yeah. But I love the emissary because that's really what we are. I love that. An yes, emissary you're, trip. you're carrying joy. You're carrying a message. You're carrying love. You're, you're carrying a frequency. 
Um, and, and you want to be able to bestow and share and give that. Absolutely. So yes, you're an emissary. You have something to give, to share. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Speaking, Love it. I, um, one more thing you mentioned was that the, the um, we and the dark side use the power that the elements have. And yes. could you talk about how the dark side powers up and, and uses even human power or, you know, what you know about that? Yeah, so I don't know a whole lot, but I'll share with you what I do know. Mm -hmm. um, trees are batteries. I, man, after the first time I had was meeting with the person who gave me all the downloads, I was just, my brain was a buzz and trying to put the whole thing together because it just didn't fit with my paradigm. And my husband called me right after a session and said, I need you to bring um, the weed trimmer out to my other property and bring the battery and blah, blah, blah. So I'm charging this giant 80 volt battery on a battery charger to put the, the weed trimming machine together for him. And, um, and I'm getting like Holy Spirit vibes, like you need to pay attention to this. The, the batteries on the charger, it's pulling in energy. When you take the battery off the charger, it's, it now, it has the energy in it. The same thing happens when you plug a tree into the earth. The earth is ionized, there's, there's energy there. The, the energy soaks up into the trees. The trees hold the energy just like a battery, they're batteries. Mm. And um, the other side has gotten very good at understanding that they can tap into the energies of the trees and literally drain them and use them and literally soak up the energy of the battery and use them again for hexes, curses, incantations, spells, vexes, smokes, enchantments. That's what they do. And they cast them all the time over people. And so if you can do some things to shore up, like for example, the batteries on your property, the trees on your property, they can't co-op them. They can't use them. But the earth is ionized, right? It's got its own power. It's got its own power source and grid. The earth literally holds those elements of the earth and the dust. Again, they have their own resonant frequency. Um, they have their own, they're ionized to a certain level. They're meant, the earth is actually meant to recharge your, your body because we're energy sources, right? So mm -hmm. there's, there's, you can do some research on this, but there's a whole movement called earthing, which is thousands of years old. If you take your shoes off and just go walk on the grass for people who have type two diabetes, it, it, it lines out your blood sugar levels. Um, it causes the body to heal. Um, for people who have mood disorders, anxiety, depression, just being able to sit in the grass for several hours, it will help to kind of balance out your mood. It's huge, <clears throat> healing energies and powers. So the earth, the earth holds charges, right? And those charges get displaced and moved up into to plants, to animals, to trees, their, their batteries, you. Mm -hmm. battery so yeah, the matrix yeah. pr proved that yes <laughs> Hollywood said it it must be true right said it. yeah. it's funny how they have a lot of truth oh, in they, what yeah. they do put out yeah. So, yeah so um you know one of the things that i i really like you know that chris carter shares is the idea that um you know behind every tree the grass the, you know everything there is a spirit behind it now, you may not agree with this. I, I find it very intriguing, but, um, you know, he talks about how when a third of the angels fell, spirits, that some of those were maybe these elementals and some of them, uh, you know, fell while, you know, for every one that fell, there's two that didn't. Uh, so that'd be another little look at that, you know, and I'm curious if you've looked into that uh, a scenario or um, the way that's taught 
Have you looked at that at all or heard that we before? Haven't. I think it's possible. I really do. I know that we know that the emissary team has run into this. There's grandfathers. Yeah. There's definitely a hierarchy in this <clears throat> world. Um, and the, the grandfathers are the ground, the air, and 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 the wind, basically. Um, and they're kind of in charge. They kind of run the show in the Stoikion world. And um, there's bigger ones. There's smaller grandfathers, and there's actually bigger grandfathers that, that are like the mighty, mighty general generals. And I think it's possible, um, Gil, I don't know. I would have to do more research and ask, go to the Stoikion and ask if some of them fell. I don't, that that might be an interesting question to pose. You know, hmm. we, can yeah. we can ask Jesus, I don't, I think it's interesting for sure. Yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, I do think it's interesting because, uh, uh, you know, thinking about, you know, the enemy as he, you know, gathered and tried to influence as many as he could, that at what levels and re what realms did he go to in order to try to pull as many as he could. Um, it, it'd be interesting. Like I said, got to get you and Chris Carter together and uh, study this out because he's got a really, you know, really good handle on this as well, the interpretation of it. And, you know, a lot of his is from his own in encounters in the heavens as well. Um, so I'm just sensing and gathering that there's probably a combination of what you're sharing and what he's sharing, that there's truth in both. And it's, it's uh, you know, finding out how do they, they fit together. You know, it's not yeah, this or that. It's it's this and that. And, and the probably cool thing. a lot more. Too, and, oh, that, yeah. 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 So, uh, so. It, it's cool. It, it's cool. You know, the bottom line is that the thing that we've got to get from this and get out of this is that we, as children of God as sons need to be engaging and starting to try to engage with the spirits behind the the elements and when I'm saying elements I'm talking about you know grass trees air everything water um, that we need to engage with those spirits and begin to build relationship with them and you know yeah. another thing is is it, it's really hard to speak into anything that you don't have relationship with so when Jesus spoke to the the, the clouds and the storm you know, it's because he had relationship with it. When he walked on the water, it's because he had relationship with it. He understood it, and it understood him. And there was a, you know, you know, kind of a symbiotic relationship as he walked across the water. Uh, just so many things that we are just now starting to tap into and allow ourselves, as Christians especially, to tap into and begin to learn it and understand it. So you're, you're way ahead in the game, and I really appreciate you coming on. <laughs> yeah. It's all One, about relationship. One of the things that um, it just occurred to me is that, you know, there's a, a passage, something to the effect of the leaves of the trees are for the healing of the nations. Well, we have to heal the trees that have been contaminated and used so that they can heal the nations. I mean, that's we are called to heal the nations, so we got to heal the trees, you know. Exactly. That was one of our actually several of our emissary trip really hard to pieces have been specifically to work on healing for the trees um, we specifically did a mission to go work on the grasslands the grasslands feed the trees and if the grasslands aren't healthy the root systems come up under the grasslands and whatever you've dumped on the grass is going to be soaked up by the trees um, and actually just last week i was with somebody who was um, spraying weeds on their property and was kind of horrified like oh no there's poison being dumped right by these trees and I thought to myself okay we I gotta go into some warfare here we I have to do something to preserve and so I just quickly prayed to call down a mantle of gold to to um, create a Faraday cage around the root system so that they wouldn't soak up 
um, that what was being sprayed around them. Okay. And I could hear the trees say, thank you. Thank okay, you. now you got to explain that. Cause, uh, <laughs> and no, I, I'm, I'm, As we go into the second hour of King of Dogs. <laughs> yes. in, in brief, uh, if, you can, if it can be done briefly, what does that mean that you just shared? Because uh, uh, I know other people know about it a little bit, but to, how does the gold work and how can okay. you... So going back a couple of years, there's a client that I've worked with for a very, very, very long time who sees in the spirit, and we had gone into deep pour of her for something for her at one point. I don't even remember what it was. And at the very end of the session, she saw gold being sprinkled down over my armor. And for a minute, I thought, oh, that's nice. That was a nice little thing that... But then I realized there's something way deeper to this that I'm not understanding. And so that propelled several weeks of deeper research with her and myself, like tag teaming back and forth, what's going on here. Um, gold is a gold is a protective metal. And you it, it's it it actually is one of the metals that almost perfectly blocks the entire electromagnet magnetic spectrum. So any frequency that's coming in and is being used as a weapon gold will stop it. You can use it as a Faraday cage and Faraday cages are meant to block EMP pulses basically. Um, that's a weaponized electromagnetic pulse that can stop really any electronic devices. If there's ever an EMP, your car is gonna shut down and not work. All of your electronic devices, nothing's gonna work. Mm -hmm. And unless you have them in what's called a Faraday cage and um, there's different metals that you can put together to create Faraday cages to block certain frequencies along the ele electromagnetic spectrum. The one that is the most um, advantageous or that is one of the most effective is gold, but it's not cost effective. You can't make, you know, huge cages, you know, to, you know, put your cars and all your electronic devices, it's cost prohibitive basically. And so interestingly enough though, you can absolutely use it in the spirit realm to um, create Faraday cages. You can call gold down and over your armor. Um, just last night, I was going into some deeper warfare um, with a client of mine and we asked the father, what do we need before we, we, we go here? And he said, armor up. And I said, oh, we, let me call in gold over our armor. I forgot that we needed to do that. And there was nothing that, there was no repercussion, basically no punishment or retribution or you know, subsystem or backup or fail safe that kind of came against us because we had armored up ahead. And part of that was getting our gold on, um, mm -hmm. putting our layer of gold on over our armor. Um, so you can use it for all kinds of things. Once you start to recognize like the ways that you can use gold, you can add a layer of golden over your sword um, um, to make it a little bit more um, to make it a little bit more dangerous, if you will. You can you can give gold to other people to put over their armor, gold amulet rings. But it, there's all kinds of things that you can do with it. But yes, it creates a Faraday cage. You can use it as a weapon. You can use it as a protective measure. Yeah. Wow, well, that is cool. I did not, I did not know any of that. Um, so how how would it compare? And we don't have to go down to this road, but how would it compare with lead? Oh my gosh, that I'm just not a chemist for sure. That's getting into my husband's realm. <laughs> okay, we don't we don't have to go down that road. I was just curious if uh, anybody else had ever asked that question, if you had an answer for it. I, I can tell you this. Um, I had a client at one point where the occult they're really savvy. They've got. They've got science locked down, I'm telling you, lock, stock, and barrel. And we had prayed all kinds of things to shore her up along the electromagnetic spectrum, but they started to send her gamma rays um, to start to harass her in the spirit realm. And gold wasn't working. <laughs> and so I did some research and went to ask some people, what do we do? And li liquid mercury 
is one of the only things that you can use to stop gamma rays. And so I prayed liquid mercury down over her, um, over her armor. It stopped the attack. This is good stuff. Um, I, you know, wow. I, um, we shared a little bit, talked a little bit about before we went on the air uh, about, um, you know, having some experiences in some situations where, you know, certain people were getting kind of hammered and then, you know, um, you know, they're, they're taken out of the picture and then people who are left are getting hammered in the same locale and, um, uh, and, and just, you know, kind of wondering what might be going on in a situation like that where, you know, just kind of uh, attacking and, but then once someone's taken out of the picture, it just finds somebody else to attack. And, um, you know, my wife and I were just talking about this and we're, we're going to go, you know, to do a court case literally after we're done with the show because it's, it's, it's uh, happening right now. And it's like, wow, what do we need to do? Yeah, absolutely. So it's a very true thing that the demonic rides on energy, right? So if, if a demon has latched onto a person and they've gotten really used to <clears throat> hearing you, um, for example, when you move into a state of fear, um, adrenaline courses through your body and adrenaline causes a low level electrical charge to course through your person. Well, they'll, they ride off that. They'll literally draw near to you or they get charged up based on your fear. And so for people who have mood issues, mood balance, mood disorder, um, for people who have not gotten a handle on previous trauma for, I mean, we could go on with, with a, like a, a bevy of listing for people who have adrenal issues, cortisol issues, um, they're just definitely a bit more susceptible to demonic attack. Um, but when a person passes away, those demons now don't have a power source. The body has been the power source for them. The way that you have been operating and um, the way that you have been, um, if you have still been active in, in using any maladaptive behaviors or, or traits or things that are just not coping mechanisms basically that become dysfunctional, they, they're used to riding off of that. So once that all passes away, they'll just shift to the next closest thing. And if, uh, if a demon has, if there's any contracts, covenants, or agreements in place that have allowed a demon to operate within a family system, if you've not understood what that is, even going back to uh, progenitors in your family line on the maternal or the paternal side, and have not, not understood or not knocked some th certain things out in prayer, they'll just go to the next family member and lock on, and you'll see that person then manifesting more issues quickly soon after a death. Yes. You know, that the language you used is the exact language, and I, and I just love this because it's just happening more and more and more across the globe that Father downloads something here to this person, to these people over here, and these people, and independently things are coming together because the language I use in the courts all the time is what kind of covenants, contracts, and agreements have you got that need to be eliminated? And those are, those are key for me. Those are what set me free, was coming out of agreement with that and for my family bloodline. So it's, uh, this is good. Yeah, that's the language <laughs> that I use as I pray over my clients. Whenever we're doing warfare, it's to break contracts, covenants, and agreements, and as well, previous rituals. And any, any part of a person that came into agreement with it, um, we decree remission of sin and ask for forgiveness and repent for it. Yep, yep. That's what breaks it. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And then I actually, in the courtroom, I will actually see Jesus go over to the enemy who brings out the files. And sometimes I see these big boxes that he brings out and you take the lid off and it's this wonderful, great covenant that has been you know, framed up nicely and signed you know, in the spirit. 
And it's like it looks beautiful, but it is nasty, and it has a covenant that gives gives the enemy rights over you and in your bloodline. And it's like Jesus will just take his hand and he'll he'll either pour pour his blood over it or wave his hand over it. The blood comes out, disintegrates it out from existence. Period. Out of every dimension and out of every time, and just eliminates eliminates it out of every fiber of our being. And uh, that has worked for me a hundred percent of the time. Absolutely. That's really good. Yeah. Well, we got a lot of comments going on over on YouTube. Well, Everyone so bailed good. on Facebook because I see Facebook is frozen oh. right now. It just keeps locking oh. up. But over on fa We're on sorry. YouTube, we got a lot of comments. Yeah, I've got some comments on it over here too. Let me just see if there's anything. Oh, Ron says, "God bless you, Ruthie." Oh, God bless you, Ron. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, okay. a lot of good comments. I don't see any questions though. Hey, if you got some questions, uh, will we only we'll go another five, ten minutes maybe. If you have some questions on YouTube or or Facebook, Facebook has not been working real well. So if you want to run over to YouTube, it uh, apparently is running really well over there right now. So give us your questions for Ruthie, and we'll pass them on. Yeah, this has been good. I'll take any questions, but I'll I, I'll dive off into something. The conversation about blood that you were just talking about. I had a dream, this is kind of different and interesting. Um, I had a dream a couple of months ago where I was with a group of Christians, we were doing something, I don't remember what it was, but they were singing praises to the Father, they were singing a song. And I was singing along with them and I woke up singing the song. Hmm. And the song was this, his blood runs deep and his blood runs wide and it's perfectly purple. It's perfectly purple. And I, I was shocked by that, uh, his blood's red, what is going on here? And so I did some research, I did some reading that day, sure enough, when blood is freshly oxygenated and it's pumping away from the heart and it's going to the rest of your body and out to your extremities, it's bright red because it's been oxygenated. But when it's, when it's less oxygenated, when it goes to your outer extremity, just when it's getting pumped back to the heart, it's purple in color because it's less oxygenated. So when you think about what was happening with Christ on the cross, he's being crucified, right? I heard a sermon on this once. When, you're, when, you're, when your hands are nailed and you're out like this, your, your whole respiratory system is under distress because you're pulled all across this way. You're basically suffocating to death. Mm -hmm. And it, you're pulled across your entire chest, you're losing respiration and your heart's slowly shutting down. And it's a, obviously a very painful process, but the the blood would not have been as oxygenated. It would have been purple. Hmm. Yeah. Oh. Different colors have different resonances to them. They have different yeah. frequencies. And you can yeah. pull them back into order according to resonance and frequency. This is, I think that this is gonna be an important key for, for us to understand or hold on to. Purple is royal. Purple has a certain magnetic, not just a resonance to it, but a certain a magnetic resonance to it. There's a meaning to the color purple. Um, and so um, I have been using this just a few times in sessions with clients, like covering things with purple blood or covering it with a, a purple covering. Something shifts, something different happens. Um, and you know, when you think of purple isn't a color it's it's an element right it's it has its own elemental force um you can call things back into order according to like the periodic table of elements there's there's another layer there's like more dimensions and layers to this 
um, the blood would have had like a certain, man, I need to do a little bit more research on this, but when you think about the periodic table of elements, there would have been a certain like setup, if you will, with the blood. Um, mm -hmm. And when you call things back into order according to the periodic table of elements, I do this in session a lot. It causes the elements to stand more to tension when you call them back into scroll order and assignment according to their proper color code, according to their proper, um, what the agreement was that they had in the beginning with the father, according to their created order. Um, it really resets a healing process in the body in a completely different way. Um, it's something to think about. It's something to kind of chew on. I'm just gonna kind of plant that there as an idea for people to think about. That's good. Yeah. That's, that's so good. And I, and I really am looking forward to finding out more about that. Um, I have, several times had the Jesus blood be gold instead of red. Yeah. That's now that's fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to do a little bit more digging on that. That's interesting. Yes. Yeah. So, um, Adam has a question for you. Uh, again, you always have permission to, uh, say not enough time or not right now, but, right. uh, he's asking, um, uh, was Christ a necromancer, magic user? Because Christ was known for waking up the dead and healing the sick from all diseases. Yeah, you know, Jesus came to give life and he came to give it more abundantly. And so giving life has nothing to do with necromancy. It has to do with being a, a lover of life and, and fulfilling the assignment that the father gave him. And so it's not that he was using magic or that he was operating in occult practice. He was using the power that the father had given him. He said, I can do nothing without, you know, yeah. my father. He, yeah. he was very plain about that. So he was, he was, he was using, right, this vessel temple here, flowing through what the father had given him and, and giving, coming to fulfill his mandate and assignment. I come to give life. He was a life giver. Yeah. That's what he wants you to have is life and to have it more abundantly. Yeah. And, you know, I, I honestly don't believe that there is any real magic period um, because it's it's like there was a question we used to ponder or, or one of the philosopher teachers at my seminary would uh, throw out and he would always, he, he would say, okay, so let's just say we're all sitting here and we pray and we ask God to pick up that chair and make it float across the room and land over there. And then, and then that happens. We're all like, that's cool. And then we get to heaven and say, God, how'd you do that? He says, I don't know. It's just magic. <laughs> you know, it's obviously not going to happen. He knows how to manipulate his creation and the laws that he's already put into place. And I believe that's what Jesus was doing as well. He knew, had relationship with everything that was created and therefore was able to work within that relationship to bring anything about that he wanted to see. And basically, like you said, and he's operating from what the Father is showing him to do, which I think is still our mandate today. Is That's why our third plumb line is ask the Father. <laughs> Always yes. ask the Father. Yes. Yeah. I say that a lot. I don't know. <laughs> right. Holy Spirit, ask the Father. Yes. Amen. Yeah. yeah. We all have our really, own relationship. Really we can go ask ourselves. <laughs> well, in this last couple minutes before we end the live stream and move into the members only conversation, uh, Ruthie, how can people get a hold of you and or see more of your stuff? Yeah, absolutely. So um, my my website for my counseling practice is curiecounseling.com. It's simply K-Y-R-I-E-C-O-U-N-S-E-L-I-N-G, curiecounseling.com. You can find me on Facebook under Ruthie Andrews. I'll just friend me and we can be connected, Ruthie Andrews. 
my private practice, Curier Counseling, is also on Facebook. You can find me there as well, and I I do post to both to both pages. You can also find me on BrideMovement.com. That's Dan Duval's Bride Ministries website, BrideMovement.com. I have um, there is just a vignette of who I am in my private practice, and you can you can connect with me through Bride Ministries. And also the previous podcast that I have done with Dan, there's a series of them. You can just finally, if you just type in Ruthie Andrews on um, YouTube, you can find literally a, a listing of my podcast there. So yeah, those would be the ways to reach out and connect with me. And there's a um, there's a little form of my website. If, you, if you're looking to send me just a quick message and inquiry, there's a little message me form on my website, the curiacounseling.com, you can reach me there. Yes, if you have questions or anything. So, Ruthie, I would also just encourage you, if you would, if you wouldn't mind, uh, when we're done, that you go onto the Facebook site. And it, I, some people have already posted some of your information there, but on Facebook and YouTube, and, and just post all your information. Feel free to post it all in yes. there so that people watching the recording later on can also engage with you. I sure mm -hmm. can do that. Absolutely, yes. Perfect. And I love that Kyrie. Yeah. We were talking about that earlier. It's like I had yeah. no clue. I always wondered what in the world they were saying. <laughs> I know it's Latin and it means Lord have mercy. That and is so cool. I didn't realize that was the meaning. I think we've all heard that song. I heard it a thousand times growing up, but I didn't know that it meant Lord have mercy. And when I found that that was the meaning of Kyrie. I said, that's my private practice. That must be Lord have mercy because people have gone through so much. They've been so traumatized. They say, Lord have mercy. And so that, yes, please have mercy. So that was, that was my private practice. That was my light, light bulb moment. That's really good, really good. Unfortunately, we're gonna have to end this section. And Gil, are you gonna play the outro video? I can play that, yes. I will okay, play that. So so we'll just be quiet for a little minute, Ruthie, if you want to hang on. We'll continue the conversation for the members only on the other side. So thank you so much to to all of you um, for listening and watching and commenting. We got a lot on, on Facebook, I see. And um, we, we, we love you guys to interact with us. We love it when you share to your friends. And um, definitely, this is a good one that you will want to put out there to your friends. Yeah. So. so like For us the, on Facebook, like it on the um, YouTube, and uh, YouTube. subscribe. Yep. Share it with people. We'd appreciate that very much. All right. Love you guys. Love you all. We will talk to you later. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Kingdom Talks with Gil Hodges. You can find us on Facebook, iTunes, and YouTube, and on the Fringe Radio Network on Spreaker. Please subscribe and share with your friends. Find links to all media outlets, the Three Plumb Lines Pledge, 